I'm Sam Mitchell, and this is Thundercast. On this episode, we'll be interviewing our LRC teachers, Mrs. White and Mrs. Reagan. So you guys doing okay? Doing great. Just fine, thanks. Okay. So what does the LRC position mean to you? So um, to me, it's a learning resource center, and especially at the middle school, that is a spot where anybody can come and get any help they need with any of their schoolwork or any kind of academics. Basically, that's the same thing that we do here at the high school. And Ms. White, this is a question for you, but how does the LRC offer in the middle school? So LRC is a little different at the, at the middle school anymore. We do more inclusion, so that allows me to go into classes with the students and help the core teacher on their content area and help the students. And then when there are tests or quizzes or they need extra help, then we use the resource center, which is my classroom, and read tests or quizzes and help with homework. At the high school... I'm not able to get out into the regular classroom as often, so most of the kids use the float pass, which allows them to have access to the resource room to do tests, tests, quizzes, homework, reteach lessons, homework checks. Plus, I run a basic skills study hall at the same time. Does that basic skills class help? If the students use it appropriately, It will work, but if they choose not to work in the class, then it's not very helpful to them. It's kind of like they're wasting some time. Yes, definitely, that if they use it to help them study, have homework checked, ask for help more uh, on a one-to-one basis, I think it will help. Those that don't use it, I don't think are as as successful in classes as the kids who do use it the proper way. So... How does the LRC room help students, though? So if the students use it correctly, it can gain them access to all kinds of tools and resources with people. In our class, it allows them to have calculators, to hear things read to them, to have things done on the computer. They can even type their answers on a computer and submit them that way. So we try to give them every opportunity they need to do well. Uh, we do the same thing uh, that where kids can have uh, one some small group instruction. They also can have the uh, computers to type. They also share their work with me so that can be proofed easily. Uh, They can have things read. We have novels on CD, or they can have access to YouTube to help them with um, any type of classwork that's going on, especially with novels. We We are not able to do classroom textbooks anymore. I think that we have lost... Mm. Um, the capability, but um, we're there to, to read to them if they need it. One of the things the high school does that I we thought was cool was Romeo and Juliet is a parallel text. So on one page you read Romeo and Juliet in Shakespeare terms, and on the other page right beside it you see it in modern day language. Wow, I never heard of that. That seems to help a lot. It always helped me understand what the story was about. And like to help, to help them translate. Guys. Yep. All right, so this is a separate question for each. What would you do if you weren't an LRC teacher? Like, I would say I would be in, like, as an architect, designer aspect, probably where I would end up. And actually, I'm, I'm looking at that as I get ready to retire, and I think I'll go into the medical field and work in um, reception or patient navigator, helping them get prescriptions filled and costs reduced for them. This is another separate question for each of you. When you're in the LRC position, what is, like, a normal day? So for me, I'm never in my classroom Um, I am always out and about in other classes. Um, The only time I'm in there is when I'm reading a test or quiz or accommodating homework. So I see kids in 7th and 8th grade math, English, science, and social studies classes. 
Normal day does not exist for me. I never know what's coming through the door most of the time. I do have that uh, teachers will share their information of what's going on for the week with me. Uh, So that way I have a little heads up on maybe test quizzes. Plus my students are awesome about letting me know what's going on in the regular classroom. So I don't get out at all. Little time do I get to go into the regular classroom. So what, what do you do with that information? I run a schedule board, so that's where I write down tests, quizzes, projects that might be due. I also keep a um, FYI board that if students are absent or they forgot what the assignments were, that they have access to the teacher's lesson plans. Do you think that helps the student? I would think so, that a lot of people forget to write things down. So I can either use that information or look for it through the Harmony online and find those find those assignments if they need that information. And something Mrs. Reagan does that she doesn't really talk about is she spends time with anywhere from 50 kids a day to 200 kids a day, depending on how many tests need to be read and how much homework needs to be corrected each day. Seems like it helps like a battle out, a play, battle out, play a battlefield for them, kind of like. Exactly. Like in accessories, I guess is what yeah. the word to say. Constant. And I do track our numbers, so that's why we ask students who come in to sign in. Number one, it helps us run numbers to make sure that kids were doing what we're supposed to be doing and also protects the kids so that if they're counted absent or found, we have a record that they were in our room. So, like, who or what has inspired you to become an LRC teacher? So in my case, I was a senior in high school, and I was in Charlie Birch's English class, and we had to write a paragraph on if we had a million dollars, who would we help? And for no known reason, my paragraph was I would spend the money to help kids with any kind of disabilities do well. And from then point on, I decided I was going to teach special ed. Wow. In high school, my senior year, I was a uh, cadet for an off-site center near the campus of Notre Dame. So I would volunteer and go there several times a week. And that's kind of inspired me to keep working with students that had disabilities. This is kind of a unique question, I like to call it. We always have to have, like some students with, and Ms. Rainey's reminding us, including myself, have to have case conferences. So what information do we usually go through in case conferences, and why do we have to have them? So a case conference is a meeting every year so we can discuss how you've done for the year, academically, socially, physically, whatever the case might be, and then to plan for what we want to do for next year to help you achieve your goals. And so we talk about what your grades are, your attendance. Um, We have to create goals for your academics. So some students that might be language arts and working on how to write a paragraph or an essay. And then we have to write accommodations for how you take our national state standard tests and try to help you get, get from where you are now to on your career someday. We also track diploma types so that we know students will meet graduation requirements. We also talk about where they want to go, what they want to do after high school, so that we can make sure that they're taking classes that meet those needs. So this is a separate question for each of you, but what strategies or techniques do you use that would help students with a lesson they don't understand? So oftentimes that means we're reteaching it. Maybe like in math especially we teach it a different way and sometimes the way we say it or we show it gives a better example. Um, I have drawn things. We have built things for geometry. Um, Trying to think what else we have done. Any kind of visual activity that we can to get you to understand it. I do a lot of color coding. So if we're 
Uh, doing something that you need to match sides to another shape of side, and sometimes to help that, find different ways to express how to maybe solve a problem, solve it a different way. I was trying to think in science, we build a lot of things, have you walk visually around the room so you can try to figure it out as you go through the labs. Oh, so it's kind of like matching their learning style? Yes, exactly. exactly. Definitely have to do that or else it is very difficult for them. There'll be a taco party if if we didn't do that. Yep. So, Mrs. White, this is a question for you, but how do you prepare students for high school? So we try to convince them that doing homework on their own is more important than cheating off their best friend because that is how they're going to be more successful in high school and even on college. We try to um, work on study strategies, how to study, how to actually keep track of your notes and figure out what your learning style is and then try to teach you to use that learning style to increase your your recall for tests and quizzes as well as um, doing quality homework. Does that help them in the high school? I mean, have you heard good thoughts about it or? For some kids, it helps a lot. For some kids, it doesn't help as much. Kind of depends on if they have bought into it and want to put in that effort. Oh, so this leads to Ms. Reagan. Um, How do you prepare students for life after high school? Number one, we do a lot of making sure that if you're completing work, it's just to get them to learn to attend to and complete a task. So when they do get a job outside of high school, that they know that what they're going to work on, they need to start and finish that in a good amount of time or um, ask for help if they don't understand things. So I'm very um, friendly naggy about making sure um, that students are completing their homework or if they have questions to self-advocate so that when they do get out into college or life after high school that they're not afraid to ask for help. Everyone needs help. Um, I do. I ask for help all the time. So that makes them more comfortable also for asking for help or have a new way of explaining how, what you, what's required of them. Have you heard good thoughts about it, or does it help? For I don't know. I'm assuming it helps. <laughs> um, I don't see many kids once they leave oh. um, in the that will come back and talk to me about their jobs as much as just socially. I have a lot of kids that come back socially, but um, I've heard good things, and my daughter Sarah has definitely used some of those skills that Mrs. Reagan has taught her to help her do well in her job. She knows to go back and ask questions and to be clarified get clarifications on things. So I think it helps. We just don't hear about it as often. Uh, uh, All righty. So this is my favorite question, I like to say. What is the most rewarding and difficult thing about being in an LRC position? The most rewarding is when I get to watch you guys graduate because I know that you have used the tools that I have taught you in middle school to help you get through high school, get to high school and then through. And then when I do get to see people Um, former students who are doing well and you see them out in the community, even if you're just noticing that they're on the job or they have a husband and wife and kids and just know that they seem happy with their life. The most difficult part about it is getting some of those kids motivated because some of those kids don't want to be motivated or they don't see the value of education yet. And that makes it really tough because I know how hard their life's going to be. Exactly. I agree with Mrs. White that to walk, see you all walk across the stage is the highlight of my year. And I do have the advantage of seeing my kids' students for four years. So I think that we develop quite a, a close-knit family. Yeah. So it means the world to me to see everybody get their diploma. 
I agree also with the motivation is gone. The kids don't want to, some kids do not want to um, be motivated and do what's required of them. And, and that hurts the most. Yeah. <clears throat> well, how, how do you try to? Is there a way you can motivate the students that don't want to? Or are there ways you try? So we've had guest speakers come in, try to talk to you. We've had former students come in and talk to some. Some kids that helps, some it doesn't. It's all on an individual basis, the value of what they're doing, they'll do it. Um, a lot of them at this point are not very motivated at all. They don't see what's coming or what the requirements will be for them later in life. And unfortunately, society has changed so much that um, it's not as easy to get a job without some type of degree, whether at high school, um, HSE, that kind of thing, because a lot of employers want to see that you've made that commitment and that you would be a good worker. I understand you. Thank you, Sam. It was fun. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Thundercast. Please tune in for our next episode coming very soon. If you have any suggestions or comments, please email us at thundercast at egreen.k12.in.us. You can subscribe to hear every episode of Thundercast on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Podcast. All content in this podcast is property of Eastern Green School Corporation and may not be used without express written permission or rights reserved.